Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, for the next hour, I aim to entertain and educate you about music and causes that enrich your life, a delicious mix of talking and music we call fun philanthropy or fun lanthropy. <laughs> where the desire to improve the welfare of others is combined with music and fun. My mission is to produce music and content that inspires people to feel safe enough to be generous to nonprofits in our community. Generosity spreads love and growth. Today you will meet guitarist, vocalist J.D. Seam and bassist and Park City Music Hall production manager Eric De Berardino, hereby known as Eric Debar for the rest of the show. <laughs> I'm Rob Freed, and welcome to Band Central Radio, where we broadcast the fourth Monday of every month on WPKN 89.5 here in Bridgeport. Yeah, you found us. And on your audio device of choice, anytime you want to listen via WPKN podcasts and WPKN live stream on YouTube. As mentioned, we got a great show over the next hour talking to JD and Eric. We also have WPKN General manager steve de costanza here hey steve hey rob how are you doing good man it's um kind of the farewell tour here for me and you yes we wow. are well we well, for me specifically specifically yeah. so so what steve is talking about dear pkm listeners is that uh steve we're doing our last show together before steve retires as the general manager of wpkn in mid-december uh, after 13 years here mm. at the helm, congrats, Steve. Thank you, Rob. Really, it's um, I, I appreciate that. You know, it's it's been a good run. And yeah, any, I mean, any reflections? Been... You know, I, I'd be curious because Band Central was just an idea, and you helped bring it to fruition. Uh, for five years, our right. our lead host was Andy Cadison, our ex. Uh, executive producer and and I've I've taken over since then. But any reflections on Band well, Central Radio and the role it's played for WPKN? You know, I knew you before you had anything to do with Band Central, right? And and uh, then you retired and you got into Band Central, and I I knew that your nonprofit aligned so closely with WPKN's. Uh, outreach, you know, outreach to give platforms to nonprofits to come on the air and talk about their mission statement and uh, what makes, uh, you know, what really motivates them. And and you fit so perfectly into this idea of our community strip of uh, programming, you know, and, right. and, and it just because I could only do so many nonprofits, and all of a sudden, along comes Band Central, who is doing the same type of thing: outreach to different uh, types of nonprofits. And and you did, you know, do incredible work, and you you were able to uh, really highlight a lot of these great uh, nonprofits in not only in Fairfield County, but also in New Haven County, and also in in uh, Suffolk County. So, right, right. You know, we, well, we've worked with about 60 you know, nonprofits over the past 20 years and probably 100 different musicians. Right. And uh, today our listeners are going to get a chance to meet Eric and JD. Yeah. Um, so was, but thank you for your was, vision yeah, and, and, and your, really, your ongoing, yeah. you know, your energy and support, I think, made it a reality. Uh, so thanks, Steve. Speaking yeah. of WPKN, I want to just say something about PKN. It, it's quite amazing that 
the PKN signal now reaches a listenership of 1.5 million people in Connecticut, Long Island, New York, and Massachusetts. It operates 24-7, and it's largely run by volunteers um, offering this really unique and eclectic mix of live and recorded music, news, public affairs, free-form programming that, you know, really defies categorization. And... Um, you know, and I speak for PKN when I say we're very proud to be listener-supported, commercial-free, community-driven, and this is the community radio hour here exactly. at 12 noon, yeah. um, you know, at no cost to the public, any time, day or night. So we're here for you. Uh, gentlemen, I'd like to discuss um, musical performance. We're all performers. Uh, specifically, if, if you could imagine that you could create your own genre of music that was a combination of two or three artists that you love and admire, who influenced you at a very formative time in your life, uh, and that you could actually do that and tour, and but, what would that musical pastiche look like? Now, I'm using the word pastiche. I'm just going to say what a pastiche is because... It's kind of like one of those SAT words that you, you passed over. It's not, it's not a food item. Not a food item. A pastiche, Steve, is a work of visual art, literature, theater, music, or architecture that imitates the style or character of a work of one or more artists. And it's unlike a parody uh, because pastiche pays homage to the world, to the work it imitates rather than mocking it. So for anyone listening to Band Central Radio today who's listened to us over the past six months, you know, we, you know, we take on some interesting topics in our commentary. We talk about mental health, personal growth, approaches to social activism, the magic of making mistakes. Today we're taking a little break from the serious stuff and we're talking about musical pastiche. So, you know, obviously, if you're going to imitate a sound, you got to admire it. And we're all complex in that our musical influences could be broad. For example, some people are impacted in their youth by church music and gospel sounds, and others have recollections of lullabies that maybe their grandmother sang to them or songs that they sang in the grade school choir. Um, and then there's that music that's happening during your adolescence coming of age period, you know, maybe it was folk if you were in the 60s or psychedelic rock or classic rock, jazz, right? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I'm going to give an example where if you take Bob Dylan, we know that he would say, you know, he went back and his influences, major influence was Woody Guthrie. And he would, yeah. you know, read the writings and, and practice, play all the tunes. And even if you take somebody like Taylor Swift, you can realize that her music pays homage to the confessionalism of Carly Simon, the, the kiss-offs of, of, of Linda Ronstadt, and some of the deep pains that uh, Joni Mitchell expresses. Um, so in a moment, moment I'm going to ask our panel to describe their musical pastiche. For me, I'm going to cite four influences. I'm going to say, so the Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young was my Beatles. Mm. And um, that always feels like roots and soul music, especially Neil Young at the time. I was really into Neil Young. And I would also say something about the way Bob Dylan and, uh, and Paul Simon constructed songs Affect, affects me as a songwriter, where I kind of think about like when I'm 
writing a song or presenting a song with lyrics, there's there's a problem and there's this conflict, and then you sort of have a catharsis and a resolution of the conflict, and that would be your, the story of the song. Um, but I also found that I didn't one, four, five progressions weren't enough for me, and so I really was affected by Sting, where he brought this jazz aesthetic to rock. It, very interesting chords and unexpected changes. And I would say the the last piece for me is is that Steely Dan, the whole production styling of Steely Dan was, you know, that's what I love to listen to on my stereo. So if you listen to my recent releases, um, you know, if you went to my YouTube page and you scanned through or just, you know, we're on uh, Apple Music, you'd hear traces of those influences. Um, at least that's how it feels to me. So I'd like to go around here for a moment and just ask our guests guests some of their musical pastiches at the same time as, you know, I'm encouraging our listeners here to kind of reflect back on if if you were creating a genre of music and it was your musical pastiche, how would you answer the question? When do you guys want to start? Sure. Yeah, I think we should start with the musicians. I'll take I'll take uh, position three. All right, I okay. see I see JD is ready. Terrific. Well, Rob, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be here, and also to uh, you know thank Steve for everything that he's done. We first met back at the Pequot Library That's right. uh, shows that Mark Naftalin did ten years ago, and uh, you've done an, an amazing job mm-hmm. running a great organization yeah. here. Well, so. thank you. Um, you know, for me. I've had a very unhealthy obsession with guitars my whole life. <laughs> you can ask my parents that, and they'll, uh, they'll agree with um, For me, uh, my pastiche depends on the day. And I've had a journey of decades that has gone from, you know, the Sex Pistols to Doc Watson to Hank Williams to Albert King um, and, you know, we're going to play a little bit later. You know, Muddy Waters obviously was a big influence. Um, at the moment, I'm, you know, playing a lot of Almond Brothers in a, in a tribute band. So Dwayne Almond is something that I've gone a lot. I've gone into the rabbit hole on and uh, and and also his his lifestyle and his aesthetic about how the approach to music is also very influential to me. Like he was just 100% about performing and playing. And, um, you know, to me, that resonates. I, re- I really in, just like performing. And in a way, Dwayne Allman was impact- impacted by the old blues masters of course. that you described. So it's, Absolutely. It's, it's a lineage that you're Absolutely. describing. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, I also play... A lot of acoustic country music, a lot of Hank Williams. I play with a lap steel player, Christopher Teal Davis, who's terrific. Mm. I think it's that C6 tuning. And we love playing, you know, old Hank Williams tunes. So it's, it depends on the day and what projects I've got going. And uh, But the well, common clearly, denominator clearly is guitar. Root. Yeah, guitar <laughs> and kind of that blues root. How about, how about you, Eric? How you doing? Good, good. This is Eric. Here, Eric. Yeah. And I, I know this is just a lane of question. I will be interviewing you guys later and introducing you properly. But I just sure, was sure. just curious spontaneously as you, you heard me talk. What, what are your, you know, what makes your musical pastiche? Um, it's, it's very wide, of course, um, as any most musicians don't um, don't pigeonhole themselves in one genre, but. 
I'd say the pastiche of what has shaped me most, you know, to this point, um, really started um, in the late 80s. And it was with hip-hop. It was with um, hip-hop, mostly hip-hop growing out of um, New York. So uh, cool. bands like A Tribe Called Quest, mm -hmm. De La Soul, um, Jungle Brothers, things like that. Um, I had some older siblings, and I got hold of some tapes at a very young age, you know, around nine, ripe age of nine or ten years old, and uh, really, really got into it um, alongside all the pop that was still kind of happening around that time. And, um, so, what, what, what flavor did hip-hop give your sensibility? Like, it, if you just were going with the thing before, which is maybe classic rock or whatever was happening, what what did hip-hop do to your psyche? So classic rock actually came after hip-hop for me. But um, what hip-hop did was it introduced me uh, mostly via the samples, um, especially from the artists that I mentioned, uh, introduced me to jazz and funk artists and fusion artists that I'd no idea about because I'd be looking up the samples. Um, wow, wow. Cool. Or just, um, at, you know, at the, there, there came a time, I think it was in 91, where they had to credit, you know, there was a big thing about credits back then. Right. Yeah. And crediting samples, it was a new territory, mm -hmm. really. And um, seeing that, oh, okay, that's a clip from this song by Stevie Wonder, or, you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, at that time, Stevie Wonder to me was, you know, uh, I just called to say I love you or something, you know, right. and, and I was at a young, impressionable age. And when I dove into the other works and his younger stuff, um, it really blew me away. And the same went for jazz. Um, Tribe Called Quest samples turned me on to Grant Green um, yeah, at a pretty yeah. young age. And uh, it really was a vehicle for me to recognize a lot of R&B artists, a lot of jazz <clears throat> artists, and um, and even, you know, some blues artists. Um yeah, which which played into your diverse playing style. In other words, you've you've yeah. been in jam bands with, with some jazz flavoring, some funk, and you're, you're you you move between genres. Maybe some of that is owed to to that uh, oh, foundation. How about yeah. how about you, Steve? Well, I'm a listener, I guess. Not a, I'm not a player. I mean, I played guitar poorly, so I decided I would listen really closely to uh, especially guitars so uh, but uh, i think of a transistor radio that's that's where it all started for me uh, i missed you know i wasn't i was too young for the british invasion so i really in a way i mean i listened to, to pop music late 60s on a transistor radio but then i i really uh, just kind of rolled through the 70s and i loved rolling through the 70s mm. because i was rolling through um, you know, glam, glam music, uh, some, you know, a lot of Bowie, uh, a lot of Mata Hoople, Deep Purple. And then, but then it, then before you knew it, it was, it was time for disco. And I love disco. I'm unabashed, uh, disco fanatic. And, but then suddenly it moved in right into, uh, punk and right in a new wave. And right into house. And you, you would say, <laughs> so, all, you, you know, when you yeah, say you that's roll my with prestige, it, yeah, yeah, you, you, and, and your and concept I, rolling with that, it is that you you embraced yeah. it all. It all had a it's role for all you. All part of the lexicon, you know. Cool. And so that's about as 
wide a pastiche as you you know you might want to have but also i was going to think about like traveling for me too like going to certain places where all of a sudden you're exposed to music that you've never heard before and that's pretty interesting too well if we had a few more minutes on this program it'd be interesting to hear some of the listeners comment on their musical pastiche um but we're going to move on because this is a relatively short program. In a moment, we're going to interview JDC. But first, let's take a listen to uh, Mr. Lucky, which is cuts on there, and in both cases, an entire live on. concert on each one as well. Hold on, but that would be the wrong uh, yeah. button I pushed. Yeah, that was some crosstalk. There we go. Yeah, this is this is Mr. Lucky by JDC. That is J.D.C. you're listening to. He is here in the studio as well, and we're going to talk to him in a moment. Which of your 100 guitars did you use for that one? (laughs) 
I'm not sure I remember. remember. It was a long time ago. It was yeah. probably 12 years ago, yeah. Okay. So. Interestingly, we're going to talk about that song in a minute because it, it actually is a song written by Charlie Carp. Um, Charlie right. Carp is the great singer-songwriter, guitarist uh, from this area, from Southern Connecticut, yeah. who, who passed on a few years ago. And uh, there's he was a, here a lot at WPK. He was here a lot at PK. And there's yeah. a lot of guys that are keeping Charlie Carp alive, a lot mm. of the musicians that, that really still feel it very much alive. Uh, in that spirit, I also want to announce, sadly, that uh, a very close friend of uh, mine and, and Band Central's, Joe Mayo, uh, saxophonist, uh, flautist, um, Mm. clarinetist he he passed away yesterday and he was he, he performed in a lot of band central shows we have very fine memories mm. of of being with joe everyone does uh facebook is is going a bit nuts this morning with everybody expressing their uh their condolences and their feelings about joe it's quite overwhelming and uh but i i, I do want to say joe rest in peace Mm. Let me update you on Band Central. Band Central performed 15 concerts in 2023 to help local nonprofits, and we raised about $800,000, bringing our total since 2005 to just shy of $7 million. We also paid out 48000 to musicians this year. So we're, yeah, we're, we're making a point to, to help the nonprofits and help our musician brethren uh, our shows feature really amazing musicians performing amazing shows. E each season, we feature different shows. Um, in 2023, we did classic rock. We did flower power, funk and disco, Americana rock, and a beach and luau party. Uh, in 2024, we've got... Uh, on tap British Invasion, we're doing an arena rock show, uh, jazz and dance, funk and disco, and Americana rock. And uh, I'm going to read some of the nonprofits because I just love these these nonprofits and I love the people who lead them. Operation Hope, Wolfgang and Company, Siri, Sterling House Community Center, Mission, Thrive, Pink Pledge, CLASP, Children's Learning Centers, the Center for Family Justice, Fairfield Theater Company, Park City Presents, Connecticut Audubon Society, Common Ground, Kennedy Collective, New Canaan Mounted Troop, Cardinal Sheehan Center, Ridgebury Farm, and WPKN. We stand ready to help local nonprofits and musicians thrive. Here are some upcoming dates if, you're, if you want to mark them on your calendar. February 3rd, we'll be at the Longshore Inn performing jazz and dance for the Sheehan Center, Cardinal Sheehan Center. February 10th, we'll be at Two Roads Brewery doing our arena rock show for Sterling House Community Center. We'll be at Park City Music Hall on April 5th for Siri, the Connecticut Institute of Refugees and Immigrants. We'll be at the Warehouse at Fairfield Theater playing some British Invasion for the Norma Frame Breast Center on April 26th. May 9th, we'll be back at Park City Music Hall, a night of disco for the Center for Family Justice. We'll be out on the farm at Ridgeberry Farm in, in Ridgefield playing Americana Rock on June 1st. And we'll be back at Park City Music Hall on June 6th to perform for Wolfgang, you can visit experiencebandcentral.com 
to sign up for our monthly newsletter, our tour dates, and you can follow us on Facebook at Experience Band Central. Also, I play bass and sing in some groups with upcoming dates. You can check that out at robfreedmusic.com. Joining us now is J.D. Seen. J.D., he's a graduate of Syracuse University, not wearing any orange today. He's a guitarist, singer, songwriter, promoter, and all-round musical entrepreneur. He's the principal of his own company, Great Hill Media, and is responsible for the Wishbone Ash 2023 tour, along with Richfield Rocks, which has produced live music events to benefit local charities, such as the Prospector Theater, the Boys and Girls Club of Richfield, and Kindness Over Muscular Dystrophy. I've jammed with him a few times, and in fact, he joined Band Central for a show this summer we did for Mission. He performs locally with various acoustic and electric bands, including Fifty Shades of Blues, The Lone Town Boys, Mark Naftalin Blues Band, Mojo Band, Southern Fried Faster Things, which is an Allman Brothers tribute band. He's the host of J.D.'s Jam at the Sugar Hollow Tap Room, the third Thursday of every month. That is a really great place to get out to, the Sugar Hollow Tap Room. So let's get right into it. How are you doing, J.D.? Great. Thanks for having me, Rob. So, you know, you mentioned a little earlier that you're a guitar obsessive, but why guitar and voice? Why not oboe? <laughs> or, you know, and, and sort of tell us about a little bit about your journey. You know, I think my journey is probably like a lot of people that play guitar. It started when I was you know, probably 12 or 13. And it started with imagery of seeing guitars on the covers of LPs, right? Um, you know, the one that comes to mind, the Kiss Alive album. If anyone remembers that with Ace Freely on the front, that was it. I was like hooked, got that record. And, you know, through the late 70s. So, so you didn't want to become president of the United States. Didn't want, didn't just, want, no longer wanted to become a cop yeah, or a football player. Exactly. It was, That's okay. a, and I didn't want to be the drummer and I didn't want to be the front man singer. I just wanted to play guitar. And, uh, and that kind of started the journey. And, uh, you know, I've been playing on and off ever since the 70s. And uh, what I've really, really hooked into, what I've understood about myself is that it's performance for me. I like performing. I'm not as interested in recording. Uh, I'm not that interested in going into a studio and crafting what, what, stuff. What, what, what is it about performing? I think it's the energy between the audience and the performers. Like, uh, and that to me, I'm addicted to that sort of energy between that's created between an audience and a performer. And you know, there's you know, I'm sure you've experienced it many times. There's just nothing like it and when it's done i just want more and uh so um you know i've tried to create opportunities to perform as much as possible whether it's you know in a small acoustic duo or a you know a seven-piece band with horns um it's all good for me right well that's that's really cool um so let's let's fast forward to right now today mm -hmm. And you mentioned you've got these different influences. You know, you're sort of a blues master, uh, also sort of country music, pop music. Uh, what gets you most inspired right now? You know, what, what, what are either what you're playing or things you're listening to? What, what gets you inspired today? Um, I'm inspired by the people that I play with, whether it's people that I regularly play with or new people that I've never played with Wanna before. Want to give some of them a shout out? 
Uh, well, sure. All, all the guys in, in Faster Things, Elliot Cabot, Scott Kasher, Dave Hermanton, the guys in my house band at the JD's Jam, Hans Broking, Mike Venemilia, Pat Lavery, Armand DiBiase. Um, to me, being able to create something with them it, and being inspired by something that we didn't expect, that to me is, is fun and exciting. I have on occasion done solo acoustic performances. I, it's not fun for me because I miss being able to play off of another instrument and another player and have that yeah, something, yeah, some kind of an energy that's created between the two musicians kind of playing off each other and creating something bigger than the, just the two of them or six or eight, whatever the number may be. Yeah, well said, well said. Um, so talk about some of the different shows that you have coming up. Um, Terrific. That, you know, like listeners could know about them, and this is also a chance for sure. them to maybe get to know you. Sure. Well, you mentioned earlier I have this organization called Ridgefield Rocks, and uh, we're very much inspired by everything that you've done with Band Central. I mean, you guys are like, like the pros. We're like the Sandlot guys, much smaller scale. But our mission is very much the same, which is to bring music and charity together to create fun and opportunity and, and love for the community. We're very focused in Ridgefield. Um, we've got lots of organizations in town. As you mentioned, we, we, we've helped out the Boys and Girls Club of Ridgefield, the Prospector Theater. Um, and then just this past Saturday, we had a terrific event for kindness over muscular dystrophy, which is also a Ridgefield uh, organization. And uh, we're going to be doing more of those. We do one every six months. So I don't have a date or location yet, but that's going to be coming up. Um, I'm also doing the third Thursday jam at uh, Sugar Hollow. And the yeah, next talk, one is on the 21st. Bit, talk a little bit about that. Like, uh, you know, you go to Sugar Hollow on a good night. The hmm. place has got such a cool vibe. Right. Brian's got all these great beers on tap. The bar mm -hmm. is lit up. Sure. It's like a little magical place. So it you really know, is tell, tell people a what little I about like it. is that it is a, you know, a, a live music only venue. It's not a restaurant. They've got a purpose built stage with lighting and a sound system. And it's not like playing somewhere where you're stuck in the corner of the bar you know, and, you, and and they leave the friggin' football game on the big screen TV. Right. People are going there to see live music. There's no, they have some basic food, but it's not they, a they, restaurant. There's some basic food, and you can order. You know, it's like very popular at the breweries yeah. these days, where yeah. you can order food out and it comes delivered. So if you got sure. a pizza you like or something, you can get it delivered. You said all that cool. was uh, what Route Seven? Yeah, right on mm -hmm. Route Seven in Ridgefield, near the uh, BMW dealership. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's kind of in back, but it's uh, it's mm -hmm. one of those little gems. And um, you mentioned earlier, you know, Charlie Carp, uh, this coming Thursday, uh, the next jam on the 21st of December, my special guest is John Lamb, who is also very close with uh, Charlie. And actually, Charlie and John played down at the Sea Grape every week for many years before Charlie passed away. Um, and we're going to have Paula Gallo and John John Lamb as our special guests, and yeah. then and then I've got a whole. I just I just jammed with uh, John like last Sunday. Jam oh. and Paula. Uh, oh right. Paula came up, and cool. we had a just sort of a cool a barn jam. Yeah, and then I've got you know seven or eight dates booked already for the uh, uh, Faster Things, my Elman Brothers tribute band. Uh, you can find out more at. Uh, 
the website, which is fasterthingsabb.com. So we have a bunch of dates booked through September already. We're, you know, Nod Hill Brewery. Um, we've got a couple of uh, town festival dates. There's one up in Washington Depot in June. And so we, that's a fun, fun gig. Yeah, and I'm telling you, folks, J.D.'s playing is very easy on the ears because, <laughs> you, know, you know, he plays slide. He, he plays acoustic. It's roots music. It's easy to listen to. Um, there's some good storytelling. He sings really well. We're going to, we're going to, in a few minutes, I think, play a Muddy Waters tune mm-hmm. that you picked out. So we'll have a chance to uh, to do that. Why don't you say one more time the different ways people can get a hold of you, either your website, a couple other websites, and if you're willing to provide your email address, just if somebody wanted to reach out to you to you know, sure. follow up on something you said. I think the one place that has all of my different social media in one place is Linktree. So if anyone's familiar with www.linktree dot jd guitars all my portfolio of different social medias there video audio all the different bands that i'm in um i mentioned faster things www.fasterthingsabb.com and then um you know i've got jd music on uh, on facebook so uh lots going on lots of different genres of music you know i'm sure i'll be uh, playing with chris davis again some acoustic stuff we do that hank williams stuff love to do that and then you know rob you and i may be doing the reading rock and roots festival again in july so well always something going on thank you jd and i love you know your richfield rocks idea is is very similar in spirit to band central which the idea which sprung out of you know seeing live aid and farm aid what willie nelson did and just saying wow i wonder if we could do that exactly locally locally, at a local level and then just That's, have it be that people want to go because they're going to see like-minded people. Exactly. And, um, and, and and it's just a way to do it other than going to like the old hospital gala where you right. dress up and you're you know you're listening to people talk too long. It's like exactly. really fun Why to combine music and, and, and giving. Exactly. Um, well, thank you, JD. Um, joining Thanks, us Rob. now is Eric DeBerardino. And Eric was born in Norwalk. He's raised in Orange, and he's been influenced by the music scene before he could walk, as he described to us. At age 12, his life was forever changed by his introduction to hip-hop and the birth of grunge. Following high school, he spent six years in Durango, California. Colorado, performing in multiple lands and learning live sound engineering. After another six years back in Connecticut, he spent a decade in the Bay Area honing his skills as a bass player, most notably with T-Leaf Green, and developing his talents in all aspects of venue production and management. Um, His time managing Sweetwater Music Hall in Mill Valley, California, became a culmination of these experiences and hard work. Folks, that's, that's a big deal. And then moving back to Connecticut, Eric met the Torres family just before they purchased the Park City Music Hall, which was the old acoustic cafe, which WPKF listeners know very well, and has been an integral part of building, designing, and overseeing the everyday operations there. I'm, I'm going to say something about Eric. I speak for all musicians who have the opportunity to perform at Park City Music Hall that Eric is beloved. <laughs> For his empathy, his kindness, and his great taste. The way you get treated when you play at Park City, he pours everything that he knows being a musician 
into delivering a, an experience absolutely that people yeah. everybody comments about everybody well. comments on it so he is a real important community member sure is. and i want that's why i wanted to have him on the program so eric welcome uh thank you so much for having me rob i'm very happy to be here so tell you know i read your bio but tell us a little bit more about yourself your journey because you were here you went to the west coast you know what were some of the important things that in your evolution uh, I'd have to say, uh, besides, you know, my adolescence and growing up here in Connecticut, um, really getting out and, uh, without, without even visiting, just kind of deciding to go to school in, in Durango, Colorado and just going out on a whim and just really wanting to experience a different part of the country. Um, that was really the beginning of like the shaping of my adulthood and, uh, being more independent in your own. Yeah, and getting out of the what you know some people consider a bubble that they grow up in, you know, um, and yeah. uh, and of course I've had a lot of friends and family members. Everyone, a lot of people like to stick around, stick around family, and stick around uh, and stay in your comfort zone. And uh, I definitely at eighteen was just ready to to fly the coop, as they say. And now, not and you 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 kind of went sound engineering and being a player yeah and was that was that like for practical purposes because you said hey if i'm going to make a living in this industry the, i better, I better financial have, yeah the financial come more under practical you know yeah. <laughs> so it was a bit of that sure yeah i think at one point i was in four bands in durango and doing sound at four venues and working for a company so it's it was just a matter of paying rent and uh putting food in my mouth you know i think most of our musical friends can can appreciate the different sources of income, whether it's oh, the giving, hustle, yeah. the hustle the g- giving <laughs> lessons and sure. teaching and um, repairing instruments or whatever you need, you know, yeah. to try and, to make it all work. You know, I was luck- lucky to be able to do that. And I still uh, look back fondly on that time and, uh, and how it helped shape me, uh, whether it be through work ethic or, you know, develop my work ethic. But, um, it was also a little easier to do that back then. <laughs> I think the gigs were paying the same amount, <laughs> yeah. But, but rent was uh, maybe twenty percent of the cost of rent nowadays and stuff <laughs> like that. So I can remember. I think my first rent check in Durango for my room was like two hundred fifty dollars or something. It is pretty a remarkable <laughs> uh, what how much of the average person's income needs to go to rent these days, yeah. and it. <laughs> The fact that we're even talking about it on this program well, is telling yeah. us no, but it, there, you know, there are nonprofits dealing with that, trying to sure. make because ideally rent should not be more than thirty percent of your income. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes it all work, and then you know you're because you need money for daycare and you need money for groceries mm-hmm. and all this other. But that's another conversation. Right, hey, right. Tell, mm-hmm. us, tell us a little bit about. So you came back from California and you joined this project of Park City Music Hall, and we're all watching it. Um, and the kind of the treasure that is Black Rock. Tell us a little bit about Park City, kind of wh- where you think things are. Uh, I, th- I think we're in a very, uh, I think we're in a very good place right now. We're uh, we just uh, had a two year anniversary um, last week, um, and um, I really like where it's going as far as being a community resource. Um, it has. Uh, they've been developing Park City Presents, which is the nonprofit side of the venue, and um, already providing um, 
classes for um, students in the area that they can sign up for to learn a bit about production or what it's like um, running sound or running lights and things like that. And I think that combined with um, the blend of having national touring acts in and uh, being available to a lot of the local acts, I think it's, um, there's a lot, it's got a lot going for it, you know, and I'm really impressed with um, just as far as where we're at right now, I'm very impressed with what John and the whole, Park City Presents team um, and board is doing with um, providing events for the community, providing resources for the community, and uh, and I think that's the, probably the, mo- the thing yeah. I'm most proud of and yeah. proud of them for. You know. Yeah, and of course, Park City Presents is really just getting rolling. We'll be talking more about them and platforming sure. them as yeah. the year goes on. And, um, you know, in the Torres family, Owning the Harborview Market, which is just a, such a great gathering place, and it's it's kind of part of the part of the fabric of the Black Rock experience. And then, you know, the vision that you so well described of making Park City a place for music that has its own niche, and people want to go there because it feels so good to be there. And and of course, uh, you, you you have something to say with what goes on in the kitchen there, don't you? Oh, not too, not as much as people may think, you know. It's funny. That you, you, <laughs> talk about your obsession with food for a minute. Oh, geez, you, yeah. You're always sending pictures of food. And um, <clears throat> when I come in to play, I feel like you're like a grandmother that wants to feed me. <laughs> so well, what that's is exactly that, what it is. What yeah. is that feeling in you? Uh, <laughs> Uh, it must come from maybe the, the Italian side of my family that, you know, my dad uh, grew up in Italy till he was about 13, 14 years old. Um, I had the, the his mother, um, who was like a classic little Italian grandmother and, you know, forcing lemon cake and seven up down, down your throat, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> some of the terrible Italian cookies and, you know, but um, I'm just passionate about um, a few things in my life and uh, I stay on those I usually stay in those avenues. I'm really, really passionate about music. I'm really passionate about food. Yeah, uh, you know, and so I want to make the point that you really should check out some of the dishes that Eric has collaborated with in in presenting because, you know, it's really inexpensive, delicious food. And, you know, have that along with a drink and and catch an act. It's it's pretty good stuff. The food there is absolutely fantastic. And a big shout out to our chef there, Connor Moen, who does all the food at Park City. He's doing a fantastic job. Hey, talk a little bit about, you know, you have an interesting catbird seat that you're working sound for a lot of events, you're yeah. you're seeing what is going on the calendar, working with John and Aaron and the team. Um, what do you observe about the live music scene these days? Because, you know, a lot of our listeners are, you know, really into, they're music obsessives. If you're listening to WPKN, you're a certified music obsessive sure, usually. Yeah. And so your comments are, you know, relevant to people's worlds go ahead well uh, you know i'm not really known for brevity but if i had to say one word to describe the local scene that i'm seeing it would be healthy uh-huh. i think that the scene is pretty healthy right now um i'm seeing a lot of um bands starting which is a good sign um uh you know we're still only a couple years away from the pandemic and right and, th- right, and things right. that um mm-hmm. Things that shook up this um, industry, you know, um, of going out and seeing live music and playing live music. Um, 
I, I do think it's in a healthy position right now. Um, different genres popping up, uh, local bands playing, um, you know, not just being stuck in, in what has become a bit of a popular thing with the jam band um, genre, but um, Latin bands coming up and starting, um, new bluegrass bands starting, things like that. And uh, I think that's really healthy for the scene, you know. Um, I'm also young, young as well as old, young right? There's as some, well we're as seeing old. some young, you know, I, I, there was a band of uh, Friday Night, the Low Darts, right? Yeah. Kids just oh, out of man. high school and fantastic. Um, and, you know, and again, you got to give you guys credit for creating a, you know, the, the ecosystem to to, oh, to allow sure. you know. Yep. If somebody's got a gig at Park City, they're looking forward to it. They're you know, well, it's, got, it's got a so. thirty thirty thousand plus that. dollar light light. The lighting system's awesome. The sure. sound is great. The the back room experience is fantastic. Yeah. So uh, continue on. Were you were you finished with that uh, thought? Just just one more thought to bring up is that. Um, not only is it healthy, the, the community itself seems to to be pretty healthy as far as uh, bands backing each other up. Um, um, you know, it can be pretty competitive out there, and I think there's a healthy competition going on in this area. And that's, you know, if we, you know, it's, I don't know the exact terms, but, um, or... Uh, you know, but it's like when we're all lifting each other up. Yeah, the, the tide raises all boats. You know, That's what I'm, I'm talking about. I'm happy to hear about, you yeah. say this because, you know, we sit here and we've got our Fairfield County music scene, right? And it's different than Austin, Texas, which is different than Denver, Colorado, different than sure. the Bay Area. You knew about the music scene. So to have somebody like you who's seen the music scene evolve and to use the word healthy is uh, is a good descriptor and you know we need to keep it we need you know we all need to go out and see live music we need to yeah. support mm-hmm. it um, like know, we have to live within this ecosystem and support like whether or not you're uh, a listener an avid listener um, whether or not you're listening for, on radio um, or going to live shows or creating music or playing live shows or hosting live shows, um, the more we're building, the more we can build each other up and and support each other, um, the better off we'll all be. You, know. you are listening to Eric DiBaradino. This is Band Central Radio on WPKN 89.5 FM. Hey, fellas, what about finishing our conversation here? With uh, J.D. Seam on his beautiful resonator uh, dobro guitar. And Eric's going to grab a a, a big, almost looking like a J200 big guitar. And I got my little parlor guitar. And uh, J.D. picked out a tune here by uh, Muddy Water. So he's going to guide us through it. And uh, all right. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah. 
satisfied Just can't keep from crying Well, I feel like snapping was fun yeah so that was jd seam taking the lead on can't be satisfied by muddy waters tell us a little bit uh, about that guitar that you're playing because it's so beautiful it's in uh this is a 1931 national style oh so it's uh it's brass plated and chrome um i've had this about 12 years or so yeah it's a it's a sound cannon as they call it but I'd love to, you know, know the stories of what this thing's been through in, you know, almost 100 years, right? Right. Lovely, man. You sounded great, and your singing was really uh, in tune, too, man. And, uh, Eric, great to have you on guitar. You're, uh, you know, you could have brought a mando or a bass or what have you, but uh, <laughs> nice to hear that. And I, of course, uh, nice to feel the rock and roll juice flowing. Um, now... When that music happens, it's time to take a deep breath and realize we just have a few minutes left to our program. So this is our closing segment. Um, many of you might be hanging on after the top of the hour to catch some jazz with Rich Patron. That's, uh, that'll be really good. Um, yeah, if you want to email me... Um, you can at, at refried at optonline.net. And you could sign up for our newsletter by visiting experiencebandcentral.com. I want to uh, say thank you to Audrey Neforis, Paula Murphy, and Andy Cadison from the Band Central team. I want to give a very big congrats once again and a shout out to WPKN General Manager Steve DiCostanza, who is 
enjoying his last Band Central radio program, unless, of course, he comes back as a special guest. Um, Wouldn't I, be surprised if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, too. And I want to uh, also just thank our guests, J.D. Seam and Eric DeBerardierno. Um, hey, any any comments, fellas? We got a couple minutes here. Any? How, how'd you enjoy the show? This is so fun. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And it's great to meet Eric too. Yeah, as well. Great to meet you, JD. And I hope I can make it up to show your holiday for one of your jams from these things. Oh, that'd be great. Cool. Great cool. live music today. Thank you. You guys yeah. were really fantastic. I just was watching it. That's it. And <laughs> recording it. So You're recording uh, it. So it'll be good. Our Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be up on WPKN's uh, Facebook page momentarily. Um, man, I I like really how authentic Steve. These guys are just not, no pretense. Just both musically and. Um, how they are, yeah. you know, and it's just sort of that raw uh, performance energy. Yeah. Well, uh, you guys, uh, you're passionate about music. You said you said that. I like the way you talked about, you know, food and music and guitars and music with uh, JD, and uh, also again a little bit of that uh, compassionate. Uh, feeling with uh, bringing bringing nonprofits together with music mm-hmm. yeah a nice yeah. summary and, and I, I'm really glad that I, I managed to not uh, invoke any phallic images with the guitar you know when JD said <laughs> you know he's had an obsession with you were guitar tempted, huh? no I was tempted and, and I, I didn't like the, like the flying I didn't, V no, uh-huh. I, didn't, right. <laughs> I didn't go there until now uh-huh. <laughs> Eric what was your favorite part of well, the show today well just the fact that we were just speaking about passionate um you know, um, excited to hear that um, after 13 years that, you know, Steve, it does, you don't do something for 13 years without being passionate about it. So, Steve, um, you probably just recognize passion because you're a passionate person yourself. So I just really want to thank you, Rob, for, for having me on, but really uh, to thank Steve for what he's done for this community and what he's done for PKN. And uh, I had no idea. Uh, Steve and I do events at Park City That's right. I see all a lot. the time. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's usually a wink and a nod and me making sure that everything's well, going I, well. I'm usually, you know, running after you because you're the hardest working uh, man <laughs> in show business here in this area. Well, for sure. But Steve, any, any uh, thoughts you want to share with listeners about where uh, this passion that Eric is talking uh, about will be taking Steve DeCostanza yeah, and just, his lovely <laughs> wife next? Follow your bliss, right? Mm-hmm. Follow yeah. your passion. Right. You yeah, you know, it makes life, me right? think that yeah. that word in Sanskrit, Ananda, mm, it yeah. means present moment in bliss at the same time. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that cool? It yeah, means both. You know, mm-hmm. So it's like, why shouldn't be? And and that's a very nice way. We've got just a couple seconds left. We want to say uh, our next show is December 25th, 12 noon on Christmas Day. We look forward to seeing you then. Take good care. <laughs>